2: You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Final hour on this Thursday. Glad to have you on board, Dan and the Danettes. Dan Patrick Show. Sign up for the newsletter. Go to danpatrick.com, and we will send you a summary of the show every day. 6 Eastern, 3 Pacific. All you do is go to danpatrick.com. Enter your email address in the box that slides out. Bottom right corner, you are good to go. Lions new head coach Dan Campbell is going to join us coming up. Once again, I have to mention this in case you're wondering why we will not use the uh, name Jared Goff in this conversation because the trade is not official. Dan Campbell is not allowed to be saying the name Jared Goff, even though we all know Matthew Stafford is going to the Rams, Jared Goff is going to the Lions. I know, but we have to do it because I don't want Dan Campbell to get fined if he somehow says Jared Goff because that would be viewed as tampering. 877-3DP-SHOW, email address dp at danpatrick.com, Twitter handle at DP show. Chris Sims joined his first hour. He kind of stirred up the internet yesterday where he said he would take Zach Wilson over Trevor Lawrence. He'll uh, tell you why. We'll have that for you coming up. And also what problem or problems he has with Trevor Lawrence going into the NFL. If you're a fan of TNT's Inside the NBA, you got a treat coming up. The network is airing a four-part documentary about the show. It starts tonight. It's it's interesting as successful as it is inside the NBA is not a model that you can copy. Now the mothership tried to copy that, and they realized you can't you can't capture that. But we've seen this with a lot of shows. Like, pardon the interruption, you can't you can't replicate it. Now that doesn't stop people from trying to do it. Uh, the Fox pregame show when. In its infancy, when you had, you know, Terry and Howie, Chris Collinsworth was on there. You know, you had a show where you went, boy, that's fun or that's the way we want to do it. Well, you can't do it. There's only one Chris Berman in this business. There's only one Dick Vitale in this business. You know, there. But that doesn't stop people from looking. Now we're looking for the next Tony Romo. And in a couple of years, we'll be looking for somebody else. That's how it works. Inside the NBA, you can't replicate it because of Charles and Shaq. And, you know, Ernie is so brilliant at just being able to be neutral enough, but also kind of stir the pot a little bit, poke just a little bit, and Kenny Smith adding his flavor as well. But give him credit, Uh Tim Kiley is one of the geniuses behind the shows. I work with Tim at The Mothership. He's a producer, executive producer. Uh, Lenny Daniels was their director. I think he's still their director. Uh, I worked with him at ESPN. You know, they, they were seasoned in what we did at ESPN, and they took that, and then they went crazy. When, you know, you get Charles, and then you bring in Shaq. I mean, Charles alone can carry a show. And then you bring in Shaq. And they really don't care if if somebody gets their feelings hurt, you get embarrassed, they make fun of each other. They're going to make fun of themselves before you do. But Ernie does a great job in getting the show back on track when he needs to. Ernie will join us on the show tomorrow. But, you know, at times, uh, do they go above and beyond the call of duty? Yeah, calling out Donovan Mitchell to his face, that fell flat. Uh, Shaq doesn't know probably most of the players in the NBA. You know, they, they have a segment where they give him the last name and ask him to pick the first name. He doesn't know it. Uh, Gerard Quickly. No, it's, it's not Gerard Quickly of the Knicks. <laughs> but they have fun. And there's a four-part documentary. I had an opportunity to be interviewed. This was over a year ago. Man, maybe even longer than that. But I was able to be a part of that uh, in giving my thoughts. Because there are certain shows, you know, Sports Center. Uh, game day, college game day, inside the NBA. I don't know if there was another one that I missed. Pardon the interruption. To me, is a show that probably is at least the thought of it is replicated. Whether it's Stephen A. Smith on his show or Skip Bayless on his show, like they're trying to do it, but you know, Mike and Tony don't do it in a in a way that feels like it's scripted. Like you're going to take this side, I'm going to take this side. These are guys who have been friends for such a long period of time. And, and what made it work, what makes it work is they're friends who disagree, but they're friends. And it never feels like this is forced or I got to take this side because you're taking this side. And I can tell you where I was at ESPN when Tony Kornheiser came to ESPN in Bristol, Connecticut, and John Walsh, who is the brilliance behind SportsCenter, John is bringing Tony in to talk to him about pardon the interruption. And Tony stops me and he says, what am I doing here? Nobody's going to watch this. And I just remember there, there was a look, you know, and Tony's always Mr. Negative, Mr. Pessimistic. But I think there was also part of him that he was being honest. He didn't know if anybody would care if he and Michael Wilbon just sat there and talked, exchanged their opinions. But their personalities, they blend, they complement each other, and there are a lot of imitators when it comes to that. Uh, There were a lot of imitators when Keith and I were doing SportsCenter. There's a lot of imitators trying to create that Shaq and Charles Barkley chemistry. Can't do it. College game day. As much as Fox wants to try to be that, Fox pregame show can't be that. Just can't, because ESPN got such a head start. And, you know, you, it's the personalities there, the style, the signs, the the uh, students that come out, you know, they, they let them almost envelop them. And you can try, but it's really hard. I remember when... Keith Oberman and Chris Myers left ESPN. they went to Fox and Fox was going to do their nightly sports center. And I remember thinking they actually think that they can you know make a, a run at the title. And I, I I said to Oberman, pack your lunch dude, because it, it ain't happening anytime soon because we had had such a head start. People don't change their viewing patterns. It's really hard where somebody goes, Uh, You know, I watch these five shows or six shows or these four or five channels. But when you think of the NBA, you think of inside the NBA on TNT. I don't know how long it lasts. Because if you take Charles and you take Shaq out of there, then what do you have? Kenny can't carry it himself. Ernie can't carry it himself. But when you put all the pieces in there together and you take advantage of the personalities... And they're willing to be pawns. They'll have fun. And they laugh at each other. That's where you get, you know, something that's totally unique. Um, and it, but it's rare. But you've got to go into it with, I got to, instead of saying, this is who we're going to be, hey, we're going to try to be them. Well, we don't have those personalities. You know, uh, NBA countdown. You don't have those personalities. You can't be that. Don't try to be that. And I think for a while, they were thinking, hey, we, we're going to be just like them and have big personalities. And, and no, you, you, you can't out-TNT TNT when it comes to what they do with that show. So part of the documentary, uh, and look, I, I was effusive in my compliments, my praise for that, because I understand it. When you do it, and then you wait, and you really get an idea of just the impact you have... With the number of shows, people who try to replicate with what you, you do. And uh, we see that. And it's not just on, you know, sports shows on TV, but, you know, all walks of life. Somebody's trying to do what you do, or at least they take what you do, and then they're trying to add their own personality to it.
4: Yeah, Paul? I think going back to Sports Center, Sports Center been on for a long time before you and Keith showed up. I mean, they were eight years in. But when you and Keith started doing it, I could speak my own experience watching at home, watching college. You felt like the guys we hung out with making the same jokes. Like the jokes are more like what we said, what 19-year-olds, what 25-year-olds said. Like you would make jokes, and your jokes were different than Keith's. It wasn't like you guys were twins. You guys were actually felt like opposites. He felt like the, for some reason, he felt like an Ivy League guy, for whatever reason. And you felt like the Midwest guy. So your jokes matched a lot of different people in the country. Overman was funny, but he had a, I mean, I mean, uh, uh, Berman was funny but he didn't have a sidekick he didn't have a person with him to play off of and that's why I thought you and Overman, it clicked with college kids especially I thought
2: but if you didn't have Berman then I don't think you would have had us because you had to have somebody who sort of knocked down the door and then it allowed us to come in we didn't want to be Chris because we couldn't be Chris but we could be different we could be ourselves and this was something that people weren't normally doing and that is we're able to display a personality on a show where you're not supposed to display your personality. But, you know, Berman was Berman didn't hide it. We were trying to hide our snarkiness. Uh, you know, inside the NBA, they're not trying to hide anything there. You know, part of the reason why we were trying to hide is because we had our we were threatened with our jobs before, and we were trying to get away with things and not get yelled at. Whereas if we did it today, it wouldn't be as good because we could get away with it. Part of the fun was when you get away with things and, you know, management doesn't know. That's why we always had code words or we, we tried to do things in a way that wasn't obvious if we were going to criticize management on the air or, you know, whatever it might be, whatever our approach was inside the NBA on TNT. The guys who were behind the scenes worked with us at SportsCenter. Lanny Daniels was my director at SportsCenter. Tim Kiley was a producer on SportsCenter. They knew it. They saw it. They saw what you could try to get away with, and then they realized what you can get away with. And that's what makes it so great. But I look forward to the documentary because uh, rightfully so. That's one of the great shows in sports history. Yeah, McLovin.
5: One show that's totally overrated, in my opinion... MLB Tonight on MLB Network. <laughs> Those guys, they think they're so great, but it's about time someone knocked them down to peg, especially voters. The
2: voters for the sports
5: Emmy. Yeah.
2: But uh, look, the sports Emmy committee, they do a wonderful job. And just to be they, nominated... They don't vote.
4: They don't vote. The sports Emmy committee doesn't vote. Oh, they don't? We don't have to butter. So uh,
2: they, they do do a wonderful job.
4: No, they, the other people that... Yeah.
2: It's the voters who do, don't <laughs> they do
6: They can a do a little job. better. They do, they do well. They do, like... Top five well, but they could do just slightly better. The
2: nominators are awesome. Those guys are brilliant. This is what I understand, and this is certainly behind the curtain here, but the sports Emmys broached us about hosting the sports Emmys. <laughs> and I went, wait, if we're that good, then give us a damn Emmy. When I win one, then we'll co-host the sports Emmys. Oh, no. And not until then. Oh, no.
6: Yeah, see. I think what we, we sort of hit on this before, but I think what we're doing is, and this is, I'm going even further, deeper behind the scenes. I think we need to enter in more categories just to sort of, let's round out, let's spread the net, cast the net as wide as possible to try and get this damn Emmy already.
4: What other categories would we be eligible for? <laughs> yeah, besides? I don't know what we'd be eligible,
6: like technology? They I... got all kinds of things. They got set design, digital shorts. They got all of these things. Let's go.
2: Let's get it. But this isn't a new set design. Like how new does the set design have to be? Well, I don't know if it has to be new set design, no, okay I think it has to be set design yeah, well, then here's my set design, yes Paul.
4: there are other categories we can apply for like a uh like a promo or a set design. we actually uh entered that a couple years ago. we did not win, not nominated week but we were we have been um we've had entries in other categories yeah. well there's... our main category is best daily studio show, yeah. But that's
2: what I want to win for. I don't want to win best set design. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it, it's nice. You know, best set design with beer on tap. Uh, hello. See, I just want to I
6: want to get one in any category and be like, oh, yeah, we won an Emmy. Mm. That's it. Nobody thinks I'll like,
2: oh, what for? Oh, it was best uh, sound mm. design. Yeah. <laughs> best, best director who's not really a director who has his dog <laughs> in the studio with him. Imagine if we won for like best graphics or something. And then you're like, hey, Dylan. And
4: Dylan. Great job. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah, Paul.
4: But I see, I agree. If we win one in any category, you put it high up on the mantle. No one's going up there to check the fine print. Oh, you're an Emmy winner. Yep. And mm-hmm. then you move on. That's right. Yeah.
2: Well, I know that inside the NBA, they win a lot of Emmys, uh, and we don't. But
5: uh, I look forward to watching the documentary. Yes, McLeod. I was shocked when we were on Zoom that Todd has a mantle full of these darn things.
2: Proving, yeah, but he was at ESPN, and and so you could get one if you're a producer or a booker, whereas the talent, we didn't get him. If SportsCenter won a sports Emmy, we didn't, the talent didn't get it. We had to buy it. Yes, yeah, that's the
6: thing that actually makes this even worse is that. You know, like, like we all still have friends in the industry, certainly that are at ESPN. And any time that the Emmy season rolls around, and then a few months after that they start getting delivered, my Facebook feed is loaded with all of my friends who are like, "It's been a couple of years. Nice to get another one." <laughs> Damn it! Yeah. What do you mean he's got like seven of them already?
2: Yeah. And and what did you <sighs> deser- do to deserve that Sports Emmy? Oh, I did teases and bumps. It's been uh, been a couple
6: years. Nice to pick up another one.
4: Yeah, Paulie. The Marconi Award is the biggest award in sports radio, or radio altogether. And when we were at ESPN, a couple shows we worked on won Marconi Awards before I worked on this show. And the number of people who obtained Marconi Awards who never did one thing for a show was fascinating. Mm. It was a thing where if you had anything to do with the show, you were eligible to purchase one for yourself. Mm. So A lot of people had them in their offices where they were like uh, – Empty suits, as we say, they had a lot of a lot of Marconis.
2: Yeah, we've been fortunate. I've won that, that as the uh, best national radio host, and you know, not just sports, but national radio host, a couple of times, and uh, it's a wonderful honor. And hopefully, we get a chance to win a sports Emmy. I'm signed up for four more years, so we got we we got. If I go one for four, I, I'm fine with that. Does anybody want to make a bet? Do we win a sports Emmy? Over the next four years, and I want you to be honest, Todd. Yes. McLovin. Yes. Seton. Say uh, uh, yes. That is not convincing. <laughs> that is not convincing. Uh, yeah. Th- yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, kind of, yeah. Sure. Right.
4: <laughs> Paulie, do we win a Sports Emmy? Yes, and this year I'm calling it. All right. Of course, I, I, did, I did that last
2: year. This and the year before that. Yeah, I know. That's okay, though. Uh, we don't win a sports
4: Emmy. Wow.
6: Yeah, I don't think we are either. No. Shower shame? I think last year was our last chance. Maybe two years
2: ago, actually, was our last chance. Yeah, I'll do a shower shame.
4: But we're more cuddly and cute now. We're less corporate.
2: I don't know if we are. Yeah. Oh. I think we're whiners. I yeah. think we might be viewed in the sports community as whiners. <laughs> any, chance,
4: <laughs> any chance they give us a sports Emmy to get us to shut up?
2: Well, we're going to test that. <laughs> if you want us to shut up, stick an Emmy in my mouth. You know what happens
4: too,
6: though, is like, uh, I'll again, those same friends would be like, oh, yeah, you know, I know we lost the Emmy. They're like, all right, that's all right. You guys got a bunch anyway. Like, no. No, we don't. No, we don't. People assume that we've got a
2: bunch. We don't have any, damn it. Well, we should. <sighs> but what I love is this audience takes it personally as well. They might take it as personally as, as we do, and they get angry at... The, the, um, the Emmy committee, they say, we don't hear from any other show, fan base, <laughs> no other show fan base except for yours. And they're angry. You're welcome. I said, yeah, yes. No, they're passionate. We care. We're the working man. You know? I don't have those four letters ESPN there with me. I don't even have three letters NBC. It's just Us. Right here. This is us. Good name for a show. But they win. We don't. That show wins. All right. Uh, I did start out by saying nice things about the NBA on (laughs) TNT. I mean, I just want to say that it, it always devolves into, and we didn't get an Emmy here. And as I told you guys, once you get it, I'm worried you won't be hungry. Like, like you'll, you'll be like, yeah, we got an Emmy here. I know, Seton goes, I, I just want to, let me find out. Let me find out what that feeling's like. And I, yeah, go, I don't know that we want to win. I, what? I do, I do. What are you, crazy? I said it might be bad for our brand if we won. Yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe uh, 12 years ago, perhaps. Mm-hmm. But All right, uh, when we come back, we'll talk to the uh, head coach of the Detroit Lions, and then I'll try to dance around this. Jared Goff is their quarterback, but he's not officially their quarterback, so I can't ask about Jared Goff as their quarterback. I don't know. We'll give it a shot here. 20 after the hour. This is the award-nominated Dan Patrick Show. A uh, place to call yesterday. More Built Bars because we go through them. Go through them quickly. And it's great. Like, that's the, that's the endorsement that you want. When I put the Built Bars in the back in the mailroom, so you have the backroom guys, you have the Danettes. They're there. And uh, guys go through them. They eat them. They're great. Uh, high-protein, low-sugar, low-calorie, and there's 18 flavors there. They got mint brownie, uh, cookies and cream, coconut, and and it's a protein bar. That's what we've all had those, uh, what we think are health bars, protein bars, and you go, yeah, it tastes like sawdust. That's not the case with Built Bar. It it might taste too good. I will say that because you don't just have one. BuiltBar.com, promo code DP20, get 20% off your first order. You're not going to believe how good they are. Check them out at BuiltBar.com. Promo code DP20. Get 20% off. Once again, BuiltBar.com. Enter promo code DP20. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's me, three-time Pro Bowler LaVar Arrington, and I couldn't be more excited to announce a new podcast called Up On Game. What is Up On Game, you ask? Fewer calories, fewer carbs, than premium regular beer. Miller Lite.
0: There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip.
1: all in one app with one password. Prime Video, it's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply, Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See amazon.com slash
2: amazonprime for details. New head coach of the Detroit Lions, 22 years of NFL experience, 11 years as a coach, 11 years as a player. Dan Campbell set to join us. By the way, let me remind people, since the trade is not official with Matthew Stafford going to the Rams, Jared Goff going to the Lions, we cannot refer to Jared Goff by name. This has got to be a hypothetical. Coach, do I have that right so you don't get in trouble? I'd hate for you to get fined.
7: Uh, that, that would be correct. Okay. That would be correct. Let, let, Dan, let me say this. First of all, I appreciate you having me on. Uh, <clears throat> I've always thought you've done a hell of a job, but I love the uh, you got one of those voices, man. And uh, it, uh, it's pretty special, man. I So I, I enjoy your show and what you do and appreciate you having me on.
2: If you'd like for me to record your outgoing message on your phone, I'd be happy to do that.
7: You know what? I'll think about that. Okay. I will. Right. I actually like that a lot. That would be pretty good.
2: All right. Uh, let's go around the room. What we think Coach Campbell can bench one rep. Um, Todd, I'll start with you. What do you think – Coach, I think, was like 6'5", 265 when he was playing. He might still be that by the looks of him. Uh, Fritzy, one rep. Coach Campbell. 375. 375. McLovin? 405. 405. Seton O'Connor? I'm going to go 350. All right. Paulie? Oh, man. I- I'm going to go four bills, even one rep. I'm going to go 325. Coach, uh, closest to uh, the hole.
7: Yeah, I, I can guarantee I can do 225 once. I promise you that. What's the most? <laughs> what's the most you've done ever in my life? Yeah. For one rep? Yeah. Uh, I would say 425.
2: Nice, nice. That's all I wanted to talk to you about, Coach. Thanks for coming on, and we you wish
7: bet. you. Away. I enjoyed it. That was great. <laughs> uh, all these softballs. That's great. Yep. Yeah. Let's
2: do the hypothetical game. What what do you want your quarterback, what traits are you looking for in your quarterback? If you happen to get a new one instead of Matthew Stafford, what traits would you be looking for?
7: What traits would we be looking for? What traits, traits would we be looking for? Yeah, I would say that uh, you'd love the guy to be blonde. You'd love the guy <laughs> to uh, have a one and a six on his jersey. You'd love for uh No, I, uh, look, man, you're looking for a guy who is a winner. Uh, you're looking for a guy who is... Uh, he's competitive. Uh, He's got a quiet confidence about him. He's, uh, he's durable. Um, You know, and and, uh, I had kind of said this yesterday on talking to somebody else, but just uh, somebody that, you know, when he's in the huddle and the other 10 guys are looking at him that they, they really believe in this guy. Like he, you can look at him and know that he's got a sense of urgency about him. He does have confidence about him and he can, he can kind of calm the storm and just kind of keep everybody right in line. Um, and and let them know that man, listen. If you just this guy will do his job, if I do my job, um, and I think that's that's kind of the guy we're looking for.
2: Are the lions set at the quarterbacking position?
7: Um, it's a good question. I, it's a good question. I would say uh, all options are open would be the best way to say that. I think that we feel pretty good with where we're going right now, but yet we're we're open to everything right now.
2: When. Did you watch your initial press conference with the Lions? Like, did you watch it after the fact?
7: No, I didn't. No, I had I had friends that were sending me <laughs> bits and pieces of it, but I I have not watched the entirety of it. No.
2: What did you think of your performance?
7: Um, I mean, I was it was fine. I mean, I, look, I I'm kind of a look. I wear my heart on my sleeve a little bit. It's just kind of who I am, and um, it's hard for me to be something that I'm not, and so. That was, um, I just felt like I wanted to do something for the city of Detroit, our fans, and I wanted our players. That was kind of my first introduction to our players, if you will. And uh, so I I just kind of felt like that's who I needed to talk to. And then once I get going a little bit, man, it it just kind of, it it goes, you know, it goes from there. And for everybody that thinks that I don't know that Biden kneecaps is not a personal foul in the NFL, believe me, I know that. So I totally get that.
2: I loved it. You were passionate, but you were violent in that press conference. (laughs) Did you hear from mom or, I mean, did you hear from anybody sort of outside that football bubble that went, man, what, who are you?
7: No. Well, no, I I would say, because the people that I heard from are all people that know me and they know exactly who I am. So to them, I think they, it was right in line with what they knew I was. And, uh, that's just kind of me and and that's that's kind of how I talk, um, you know, and look, you can't take everything literally, but yet I just want there to be this. I do want us to have a toughness about us. We're the league now has changed uh, in such a way uh, for the better, but also maybe not always for the better. And, yet there's still this element of man, you gotta have, you gotta be tough. You gotta be a tough player. It's a tough man's game and you know, you get bumps and bruises. You don't always feel good. And, and so to me, it's, you know, one of the edges that I think you can still have is even in today's game is how do you, how do you teach your players to a overcome adversity, but then to understand that, listen, man, your, your days of being 100%, you feel 100%, those are gone. When you walk in the door you're 100% as a rookie and after that you're done. So this whole thought of man I got to feel perfect, no you forget about it man. Not if you want to not if you want to be able to produce and to have a nice long career in this league, it just doesn't exist. The guys who can say, you know what? I can I can beat your ass at 85% of what I really am, those are the those are the guys you're looking for.
2: But look as fans we want physicality, but the NFL doesn't want more physicality. How do you how- knowing who you are how do you teach what you want to teach but understand under the guidelines of the nfl coach
7: yeah sure and those are that's the key isn't it i mean that that's that is the key that's that's kind of the point i'm making is like how do we get this advantage back uh, of this aggressive tough team knowing where the league has gone and the standards that have been set and there again i don't have a problem with the standards but i get it like look, there's ways to be aggressive and, and knock the crap out of somebody without it leading with your head, man. There's different ways to do this thing. You know, there, there's so much information that's come out and so much more that we know about the game, than even when I played. And so we're not going to be out there and be a bunch of renegades that are going to be, you know, spearing people and we're getting kicked out of the game. That's not what we're going to be about. But I did want, I wants to have some type of edge here of toughness. And it doesn't just mean this physical toughness. I'm talking about mental toughness, man to where these guys understand that adversity is just a word. That's all it is. And the minute you you choose that that's all it is is a word, man, you get through it so much faster. You go over it, you go under it, you go through it, but you get out on the other side unscathed.
2: I can't imagine your first pep talk with that first game. Like, you're going to be out of your skin. <laughs> right? Like, are you going to be breaking stuff and banging stuff and...
7: Oh, I, you know, well, look, it depends on what's around, but no. (laughs) uh, no, Have you done that before? Do you break stuff? No, I'm not. No, I'm not a break. I'm not a break guy. I I broke one thing before, but I don't break things all the time. That's not who I am. I don't run around hitting stuff and bring baseball bats. And that's not me. I'm just, look, I'm a passionate guy. That's all. And, and I feel like, um, I feel like I owe it to people. I owe it to my players. I owe it to my coaches. I owe it to anybody that's around me for them to know exactly who I am. And I feel like the only way to do that is, for the most part, you speak from your heart. And look, I'm going to state the obvious. It gets me in trouble sometimes. It just does, but I'm sorry. It's hard for me not to be, it's hard for me to act like something that I'm not, or say something that's written down on a piece of paper all the time. That's just hard for me to do. And uh, you know, I'd rather just speak what's on my mind.
2: You think you could take Vrabel in the Octagon?
7: Um, that's a great question, man. Listen, I Vrabel and I, we we played against each other. He was a hell of a player, man, and uh, he's one of those guys. He's a, he's a freaking he's a man, and uh, and so if you're asking me right now, hell no, I couldn't do shit right now. So Excuse my language, but, uh, you know. But listen, Vrabel's a stud, man. I got a lot of respect for Vrabel.
2: I don't know what that is behind you. It, it looks like when you put x-rays up there, uh, like the light that shines on that. What? Yeah,
7: is that's that a, bothering you?
2: Well, no, I didn't know if that's what that's for, like you could put x-rays up there and look at them.
7: Yeah, every once in a while, just to see how my body's doing. <laughs> I'll just get this x-ray machine back here, and I'll put it up to see what it
2: looks like. But what's the most pain you ever played in?
7: Um, oh, I... Jeez, man, I, I don't know. I, uh, well, I tell you what, you know, as funny as this is, look, I, I guess I ended up having in my time as an NFL player. I think I had, uh, oh, I want to say 13 surgeries uh, just from, you know, Now a lot of those were clean up, but some of them were in IR injuries. So I had some, I guess what you would call major injuries. But after all of those being said, I'll tell you the, the one that hurt the worst was actually I was at Dallas. We're playing Detroit. I caught a ball. I turned up and, man, I got hit right in the freaking thigh. And uh, he put his helmet right in the middle of my thigh. And I got, one of, you know, I got a thigh bruise and a charley horse. And it was one of those I hit the ground. And I remember I just wanted to throw up, you know, and I got up. I got back and uh, I didn't come out I kept going. And and luckily we were, we were winning pretty good. And so about call it, you know, eight minutes later, I, I you know, they pulled the starters out of the game. But my gosh, that thing, it, it hurt. I thought every time I was going to run after that, I was going to throw up because it it hurt. That was one of the worst ones as crazy as that is. And that's really not a big injury at all. It's nothing. Um, but man, it was painful. And as a matter of fact, I got, you would be shocked how bad I got messed with that. So I had the normal thigh pads, right? But after I got the Charlie horse, I'm not kidding you. This thing was like uh, this thing. My thigh pad looked like this. That big? Like, it was huge. So I started wearing these ginormous thigh pads. Everybody, would, my teammates would just mess with me all the time. Like, look at Campbell's thigh pad. Oh my god, man! And uh, they look like notebooks. How and was so the minute? One of our teammates got a freaking thigh bruise in a game. I'd be the first one over there. Like, yeah, look at this. Right. That's what I'm talking
2: about. How was Parcells to you?
7: Parcells was great, man. I I got the utmost respect for Parcells. I love Parcells of death. And here's why, because I always respected him, you know, and I can tell you right now, there was plenty of times where I just had it with him and you just, there's, you, you just, you want to let him have it because you can't stand the guy anymore but man, he told you exactly where you stood and he was a master motivator. He knew exactly how to push your buttons and get the most out of it. But he also was 100% fair with you. He told you what was going on. If you wanted to know where you stood, go right to his office and he'll tell you exactly where he's 10. Now you better be ready because he's about to tell you the truth. You may hear something you don't want to hear. Uh, but he was, listen, he was great. And for as hard as bill was, and he was a hard coach, man. But yet, God, he had a great personality. And he just knew how to, uh, he knew how to communicate to everybody of all walks of life. Um, and he had a sense of humor. You know, he, he did. I, I enjoyed my time with Bill. I learned a lot of lessons under him. How many touchdown receptions do you have? 11? Does that sound right? Uh, maybe somewhere in there. I think just to tick over 10, I think, in my career.
2: Best one. Your most memorable one
7: yeah i actually i know that one because that was 2005. i was at dallas we we're playing kansas city and uh, i've kind of told this story before this was you know, everybody who knows bill it was you know you you basically allow your opponent to beat themselves you don't beat yourself you don't turn the ball over you find a way to run the ball you know you you get inefficient uh third downs because you're able to do some things on first second down Um, You know, you get in these fourth downs, you punt it, you know, you pin them, play good defense, all those. And I remember he came in that week. This is when they had the number one offense in the league. They had Priest Holmes and and those guys. And uh, he said, listen, we're we're taking the cuffs off. He actually walked in. The first thing he said was defense. We had a real good defense, too, by the way. He said, defense, you got your hands full. Um, And he said, offense, you guys are going to have to score 35 to win this game. I mean, he just and that was so uncharacteristic of something that Bill would tell us. But, Long story short, we got in a shootout and we were aggressive. Bill took the cuffs off and Sean Sean called a hell of a game. Sean Payton called a hell of a game. And, you know, and I can't tell you the exact score, but it was in the thirties and uh, basically end of the game. And, uh, you know, for the win, we did a little pop pass and it was on on the goal line. And I just blocked the defensive end, slipped out and, uh, you know, Bledsoe put it on me and and we won the game, you know, but it was kind of one of those you remember, it was just kind of special. because everything worked to a T as to what coach said it would. And, uh, you know, and look, it was so easy for me. I mean, look, I rarely do I go out on routes, and so I'm always blocking. So all I got to do is just block one more time or act like I am and then slip out nobody's going to cover you. So it was the easiest thing ever, but uh, it was pretty good.
2: Did you come up with the camo design for the uh, Detroit Lions?
7: No, actually, this was this is what they had last year. This was – everything was – what it was and, so this and is your last shirt
2: hat. the shirt same way the camo same shirt? way yeah this is,
7: this is the gear that they had here last year and so i like it though it kind of feels like it it matches me fits me a little bit
2: yeah i could see you in a you know a, a, a duck bind or somebody you know something <laughs> like that Do you got a dip in right now no uh-uh you sure yeah i'm pretty sure okay i just want to make sure maybe can, hold on i can check <laughs> okay yeah, no, I'm good. Yeah, okay, you're good. You look like you, you'd have a dip in.
7: Well, when when you've done things for many years, sometimes it looks like you got it in. Just, <laughs> your lip has been pulled that way.
2: So. Uh, coach, good luck. And uh, good luck when uh, that blonde quarterback uh, comes your way. We're number 16 here uh, officially in a few weeks.
7: I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on.
2: Thank you, Dan. That's uh, Dan Campbell, Lions head coach. And uh we'll get you fired up yeah, let's there. Let's
7: go
4: Lions. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, Paul. Just check my notes. That's the first NFL coach you asked if they had a dip in this year.
2: Oh, this year. This season. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he had 11 11 receiving touchdowns in his career. He wants no part of Vrabel, though, I'll tell you that. No, no. Vrabel's a man. Yeah. Yeah, He's a man. Uh, We'll we'll take a break. Uh, You know, the Jared Goff comment, all options are open. That one's kind of interesting. That might make a headline or two in the Detroit area. We'll take a break. Last call for phone calls. We'll wrap up things on the Dan Patrick Show after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen.
1: All in one app with one password. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details.
4: If I could eat bacon for every meal, I think I would. I don't think I would. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, brunch. My love for bacon is no joke. My wife, who I love as much as bacon, says I would even put bacon in cereal if I could. Everything from the thickness
6: of it to how it's actually real wood smoked just makes it taste unbelievable. It's really indescribable. I can't do it justice. And you should really just try it for yourself.
4: Yeah, don't be average. You're better than that. Do yourself a favor and get some right brand bacon in you. I'm getting upset. Experience bacon the right way. Right brand bacon.
2: I wanted to bring back what Chris Sims said in the first hour because he put out his rankings of these quarterbacks. And uh, he has Zach Wilson over Trevor Lawrence. If he was drafting, he would take Zach Wilson over Trevor Lawrence. And uh, Chris Sims uh, gave you the reason why in the first hour of why he would do that.
5: I'm blown away by Zach Wilson, Dan. You know, I, I look at it and look at and say, this is an Aaron Rodgers, a Patrick Mahomes, a Brett Farvish type guy. You know, one, he's a more consistent bullseye, dead eye thrower. I mean, and I mean that with, you know, and I love Trevor Lawrence. He's worthy of the number one pick. I know I'm getting a lot of crap about that. I'm not trying to make this about, oh, he's not good. There's a lot to love about him. But Zach Wilson, it's just every ball is a perfect spiral on the money. All the plays that are there to be had for ease and completions, he really never misses. And then it's the plays when there's nothing there that he is really special and able to create and buy time and make unbelievable plays with his arm and his ability to deliver the ball in magician-like ways like a Mahomes or an Aaron Rodgers. So that's Chris Sims talking about Zach Wilson. And he said, look, I'm a
2: casual college football observer, but I'm breaking down game film now. And he said, what I always want to focus in on is your worst performance. And he still loves Zach Wilson more than Trevor Lawrence. Here is Chris Sims talking about what he thinks Trevor Lawrence needs to work
5: on. To me, it's just uh, some refining for me. And again, I expect Trevor Lawrence to be the number one pick. I don't think he's better than Zach Wilson, but with Jack, Jacksonville, Urban Meyer, he runs a college type offense. I could see, you know, it's, it's a great fit, let alone Trevor Lawrence in that region of the country. We know is he's a big deal. He's a big deal altogether. But I think it's more of just the consistency of throwing that I looked at, Dan, that I, I, I didn't expect to see. You know, as I turned the film on, I knew I was going to see a lot of awesome plays and all of that. And I really liked Trevor Lawrence again, but there were more missed throws and errant throws than I expected to see as I started to go through it. And of course, hey, his team is really good, and you know they have a special way of calling a game where yeah, you got to worry about a screen to ATN, and you got to worry about a screen to receiver, and then they fake that, and there's somebody open, wide open down the middle of the field. He's awesome prospect. Like I said, n- definitely worthy of the number one pick. I just think Zach Wilson's are like a ready to go NFL system superstar right now.
2: I had an NFL scout who sent this to me last commercial break. This was, this is his assessment of Trevor Lawrence, and, and I'm going I'm to bring it to your attention tomorrow because I don't have enough time. I do want to bring back what Dan Campbell had to say, the Lions head coach, when uh, I talked to him about his quarterbacking situation. Now, understand, going into the interview, I was told you cannot, coach will not say Jared Goff's name. He can't. But this is about the direction of the franchise, and I, I'll just play a, a portion of it because it surprised me when I asked him if they were set at the quarterbacking position. Let's do the hypothetical game. What what do you want your quarterback? What traits are you looking for in your quarterback? If you happen to get a new one instead of Matthew Stafford, what traits would you be looking for?
7: What traits would we be looking for? What traits, what traits would we be looking for? Yeah, I would say that uh, you'd love the guy to be blonde. You'd love the guy to uh, have a one and a six on his jersey. You'd love for... Uh, no, I uh look man, you're looking for a guy who is a winner. Uh See, you're looking for is,
2: a guy who I is... I don't want to I don't want this is the wrong cut. It it should be you know that he's talking about they're not set at the quarterbacking position. All right. Uh sorry about that. They're uh, they're open to all options here. So uh, yeah, I don't want to play that that bite because there's there's nothing We were there. pretty
4: shocked when he said it because he did a long pause when you asked. He said all options are open. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's what was surprising. Yes, Eden.
6: But did he say that because he's not allowed to talk about the quarterbacking situation right now? There's sort of this gray area of what he's allowed to say and what he's not allowed to say.
2: Well, then he said all options, but then I think he said, but I think we're set at the quarterbacking position. Does that sound right, He
5: said, yeah, he said something to the effect of, I think we're in great shape at the quarterback position but all, it it sounded to me like the big message was we're all set we like where we are but all options are still you yeah. know open and in a general sense. It didn't sound like I got to replace Goff but it, it did feel like a window was cracked open for to draft a guy. Just maybe that was I don't I
2: don't, to do it. I don't know if it was cracked it, it was rolled down. I, I was surprised because it felt like yeah yeah we we, we like where we are but you got the 7th pick overall. Yeah, see. It's just so, t- that's got to be a
6: weird spot to be in, where you know that this is happening, but you know you can't say anything about it at the
2: same time. And, it, I mean, it's just so silly. But he's new at this as well. This is his first head coaching job. And, and you're right, dealing with the hypothetical. And, and in fairness to him, maybe he was answering in a hypothetical, not in reality, but I was surprised when he said all options are on the table. Uh, let's see. Final results poll question. Do you have a This Day in Sports History Paulie?
4: Yes, it is. Wayne Gretzky, This Day in Sports History, scored his 78th, 79th, 80th, and 81st goals of the season. Mm. There's a lot of Wayne Gretzky stats out there, but rarely do go some, And this is a season he had like a, you know 200 points.
2: Overrated. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost funny. Yeah. Didn't Wano have like 212 points one year? He might have. Uh, yes, A oh, poll: do you believe in UFOs? 63% yes. Todd, what did I learn on today's program?
7: NFL teams love
4: their current quarterbacks until they don't. It's all temporary, not a Disney ending.
2: Where other vans stop short, Mercedes-Benz vans go far beyond from their customization options. Cutting-edge tech, five-star sales service, financial support crew. Mercedes-Benz vans built, equipped, engineered to be ready for anything. Go the extra mile. Take the all-important first step into an authorized dealership today. Thanks for joining us. Phone calls, emails, tweets, all around support. We'll talk to you tomorrow on the Dan Patrick Show. But wait, there's one more item as we close out this show. RockAuto.com. Rock on, Rock Auto. If you have an older car, they got the parts. Newer car, they've got the parts. You got a truck, they've got the parts for you. Reliably low prices. They want to make sure that you get access to all the information that's hidden in the computers and catalogs behind the parts store counter. I think we've all gone into a parts store, and you go, hey, I'm looking for, and then that guy pulls out that catalog, and then he's looking and looking. Oh, yeah, that's going to cost you. We never get to see that catalog. Rockauto.com is going to take you behind the Well, the counter. I was going to say the curtain. Choose the part, brands, prices, features you want. They're there for you 24-7. You don't waste time, money, hunting for parts, phoning, driving, waiting in lines. Go to rockauto.com today. Make sure you tell them we sent you. Write Dan Patrick in the how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know that we sent you all the parts your car or truck will ever need at rockauto.com.
6: Or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only.
0: Exclusions apply. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel? It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office.